Good times coming! Made a Star Wars celebration week. You guys know you like that. It's uh, welcome to Star Wars Star Wars Rant Podcast, episode number three, and we're going to talk about the first day of Star Wars celebration. Um, was today, so a very big day. And um, unfortunately, I work, so I caught um, some of it on the uh, stream, but not all that I wanted to. But luckily, I have uh, Chad Viss from South Dakota Gamer with us. Hey, that's and, me. And Brian North um, with us as well. And they were able to catch some, and they're going to catch us up. So, Brian, did you get to see much of it today? I got to see some of it. I watched it on the way to work, which is probably a little illegal. But for Star Wars, it's worth it. So I was able to catch some of that Rogue One Um. Special panel, special panel, I guess, um, with a couple highlights um, today, which I was looking forward to today. I kind of pick and choose what I want, what I don't want. Obviously, the movies are my big deal. So seeing the pod, uh, seeing the panel today was kind of the highlight for me in terms of Star Wars. And so, Chad, I think you got to see um, you got to see the majority of it, I think. Yeah, I work at a comic store. And so I sit at a desk and read comics. So, yeah, I was able to watch it. Yeah, Chad has a Chad has a tough life. Hey, um, that's just one of my jobs, man. <laughs> All right, so um, so yeah, a great day. I'm, I'm assuming you know if you're listening to this, it probably means you're a fan of Star Wars, and it probably means you were able to check some of it out. So um, today, uh, I think Brian has a schedule of what what went down today. Yeah, just a few highlights of what they went through today. Um, they did the Star Wars. Uh, show live today um they also did that hour with mark hamill which had a couple different tidbits and of course he does his regular uh routine of entertaining people he did a little bit from the killing joke batman the killing joke uh we saw soka's untold tales obviously we did saw the ilm presents the uh different things today then we had the rogue one panel obviously that was the focus today uh kind of finishing up the day with the different reveals that they had from the poster to the uh, behind-the-scenes photo, and then the interview, obviously, with Kathleen Kennedy, Gareth Edwards, and the cast. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna we'll probably spend a lot of our time talking about the Rogue One panel. Um, that's that's the big news. Um, so let's let's just jump into that, and then I think we can um, go ahead and talk about everything uh, everything else afterwards. So, um, so if you didn't catch it, um, Captain Phasma from Force Awakens was the moderator for the uh for that panel and um you know you know her from games of uh thrones and uh, what's what's her real name i can't remember off the top it's of gwendolyn head. christie right so brian watches games of thrones i, I actually know. do not watch games of thrones i know i'm part of like that 10 percent of the united states population who does it um and not a big fan of captain phasma too can i just throw that out there so seeing her uh do the panel i guess they had to get one of the uh, secondary cast members to do it. Nobody too popular. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's a, take that, Captain Phasma, Gwendolyn lady. 
So I, I don't watch Game of Thrones either. I, I just don't have enough time in my life to fit everything into it. But uh, um, I thought she did a good job. She's, uh, and I, I will tell you this though, if she found out that uh, you said that about her, she would stomp you into the ground. She's a big woman. She is a big, big woman. As in tall. Yes. Right. She's got some meat on her bones. She, she looks like she lifts. Probably power, <laughs> power, uh, power benches there. Not only does Brian Seddon love Star Wars, but he also likes big women. Hmm. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> um, not scripted. Yeah, not scripted. And uh, okay. So, um, so yeah. So she she did the moderating. She had um, the the cast come up onto the stage. And, um, you know, then obviously, uh, Gareth was there along with Kathleen Kennedy. Um, so, uh, it was a good panel. Are you going to um, talk about Mendelssohn, how he was introduced? Yeah. So everyone else came up, you know, in just an ordinary fashion, but, um, Ben Mendelssohn actually came up with death troopers and he was also in his full, uh, Kranich, director Kranich outfit the whole nine yards so and again that was that was kind of when i was working and uh but i got to see bits and pieces of that did he say anything as krennic chad not a word um, he came out in full character um he had the death troopers follow him he walked up the stairs two of them turned around stood guard there and then he walked up to the actual platform two more stood next to him and he just looked over the crowd and kind of looked back and forth and then turned and went off yeah, so so pretty cool, um, and I'm sure you know you can catch some of this on YouTube. We'll be we'll be linking as much as we can to our site, um, and you know we got some sound clips actually from some of the interviews. Uh, Gwendolyn actually interviewed the entire cast um, that was there, and uh, so we'll be playing those for you. And I will have to say, and we'll save this one for the end, but there's possibly a very big spoiler. Um, from today's uh, interviews with the Rogue One uh, cast, and uh, but we'll we'll play it at the end because I don't want to ruin anything for for those of you that don't want to hear spoilers. Um, but I mean, it's got to be one of the biggest flubs I've ever seen. So we'll, we'll talk about that one at the end. But uh, um, Chad, your overall impression of of the Rogue One panel before we jump into the interviews? What did you think after hearing everybody? Uh, it was fun. It was fun to listen to them talk about it. Um, obviously, Kathleen Kennedy was right there, so it seemed like every time they talked, they would look at her and be like, or you, or Gareth and be like, I can say this, right? Like, I can talk about this? Um, but yeah, it was fun to hear a little bit of insight to some of the characters um, and learn a little bit more that we didn't know beforehand. Um, and it sounds like they had fun. I mean, you can. it looks like they generally had a good time making this movie and that makes me excited to see it even more brian what about you what uh what were your thoughts after hearing some of the panel interviews uh well the villain uh when ben came in in full costume there um i kind of brought back to a couple years ago when uh tom hiddleston came in as loki at comic-con i don't know if you guys were able to see that a few years back right after the avengers kind of make a rousing uh, speech as Loki to the crowd about them joining him. But that was after the fact, after the Avengers was released and his character gained a lot of popularity. 
So it kind of resonated a lot with the crowd. I just I felt like his entrance there was it was cool to see him in costume, but it really didn't do anything for me just because, you know, I'd rather talk to him and interview him rather than him to show up with a bunch of death troopers and kind of stomp off. It didn't really not seeing the movie, not knowing the character, it really didn't do much for me. Um, just hearing how they made the film, um, how they were in real, real places, not stuck behind a green screen. Um, like a lot of the prequels um, is exciting for me. Just, uh, you know, hearing from Gareth Edwards, how he, you know, really wanted to get the different perspectives, uh, get the best shot, get very cool shots out of every location that they were at um, was, um, I guess I put, put a little bit more confidence in the movie just because um, I know that going back in time, like you said in, in a past podcast, um, last week or the week before that people had that bad taste in their mouths of going and doing a prequel to the new hope. But this, I think will give it a, uh, a new look and kind of redeem the time before a new hope and, and, and bring it back to good standings with everybody. All right. Good deal. So let's, uh, you know, I say, let's go ahead and just jump into it. You know, one of the things they showed was the uh, star Wars uh, rogue one um, poster, an official poster for rogue one, which was pretty sweet. And um, if you haven't seen it, basically it's set on the um, on that beach planet, which we know the name of. Um, and I hope I'm saying it right. I think it was Jetta. Does that sound right, guys? Uh, I think the beach planet is Scarif. Jetta, Jetta is where, uh, yeah, where Chitta and or Chitra and Bays are from. Bays are from. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it's scare is, uh, say it again for a shit. How's it pronounced? Scarif. C-A-R-I-F. Um, so that's the beach planet and the posters of that planet. And then you have the, uh, um, you have the rebels on one side, basically on land. And then you have the stormtroopers in the water on the other side, um, firing at each other in the background. You see the death star, um, you know, uh, overshadowing the planet basically and then along with some you know vehicles and aircraft in the air so pretty pretty sweet poster um, it, it it's kind of a different um, it's, it's like a different vibe man when you see that and you see the you see the, the clear blue water you see the sky in the background it's it's you know it's a very light background it's not you know usually Star Wars it's in space so it's usually a dark poster background so um, it's it's really unlike any poster that I can remember Star Wars putting out. What about you guys? What do you think, uh, Chad? Uh, if, to me, it feels like a tropical vacation resort. Like if you didn't have the guys shooting lasers and the X-wings flying through the sky, you'd be like, yeah, I could go sit on that beach right now. It's exciting. It's cool. It's different. I like it. Did you get to see that, Brian? Yeah, I saw it when they first released it on the panel, and uh, I liked it. I thought it. I thought it was modern. I thought it brought some new creativity to um the posters it, they kind of broke out of their form but kept you know cool star wars elements that you know i always enjoy in their posters giant things looming in the background whether it's the mask of darth vader or a giant star destroyer um but i really liked it for two reasons um that reason number one just um having the huge death star in the background i enjoyed seeing real i felt like i was down in the trenches with the rebels in the poster that you just kind of get to see them in action and down in the trenches it's like an old classic war movie which i know that they're going for and 
the putting the Death Star in the background is perfect because you know in the midst of all this battling that's going on between the rebels and the Empire, you have this giant looming threat that's coming on the horizon, which is the Death Star, and that's really what the whole movie's about is getting those plans to the Death Star and taking that thing down. All right, so good. So, um, so why don't we do this? Why don't we go ahead and start jumping into the interviews? Um, you know, one of the one of the first ones was with um, obviously the uh, the star of Rogue One, um, Felicity Jones, Jen Erso, and um, so we're going to go ahead and play the interview for you so you can hear it, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, about what was discussed. So, without further ado, here is Jen Erso. Um, so, Felicity, from what I've heard about your character, um, she's been compared to incredible heroines like Joan of Arc, which, of course, I love. And fans also compare this new hero to their favorite Star Wars heroes as well. How is Jin unique or different to other Star Wars characters? Uh, I feel there's one major difference between Jin, Urso, and other Star Wars heroes, uh, Rey and Luke. Um, and that main difference would be that, that Jin, she's not a character who's asking, who am I and, and where have I come from? She, she very much, we know that about her. We know where she's come from. And that fact is, is what propels, propels the story and, and is the beginning of, of Jin's journey for, to find out what her reason is and, and her, her course. So, um... So there you have it. And they, you know, a couple other things that uh, Gwendolyn gave her uh, her first action figure as Jen Erso, um, which is kind of cool. It's, I think it's, she said it's the first um, Rogue One action figure that's been made. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's interesting what, uh, what Jen Erso says there. But before I uh, chime in, what, uh, what do you have to say about it, Phenom? Um. Like I said in a past podcast, you know, I just I'm looking forward to seeing I, you know, I do see a lot of similarities between her and Ray, both of them being uh, dark, young, uh, dark haired, young female leads um, with, you know, a lot, a lot of strength and being very strong. But I guess, um, you know, she's right on that point. I never really thought of that, that Ray is kind of searching on who she is and who she and and what she can become and these mysterious powers that she had. And. Um, the difference between her and Generso is Generso does have that reputation. We already see that in the trailer of they already know what she's all about. She's a rebel from the get-go. She knows who she is, and that plays a lot in her of why she plays such a key role in in this big story that's going on in Rogue One. Chad, yeah, I I echo Beanob's uh, statement. It's we know who she is. We know what she's going to be coming in, and that's a point. And now we get to see what she does with who she is so obviously we know we know they get the plans right that's why episode four happens but to see how she goes about that and how she works with the team um that'll be interesting to see so yeah so um i thought it was uh it was an interesting point something i hadn't thought about is um unlike luke unlike ray yeah she she does know who she is she's not searching for um her destiny per se right um she's not trying to figure out her past either um so you know it's 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 completely a different type of vibe from the traditional star wars 
saga that we're used to, and, and obviously we're okay with that. We know it's going to be a war story going into it. And, you know, one thing we should mention um, before we uh, continue, though, is, you know, one of the things we talked about last week on the podcast was, was there going to be a crawl? And I, I guess that's still up to debate. I haven't seen anything definitive, but when they rolled out the the panel for Rogue One, they actually started with a crawl, and it was the crawl from A New Hope. And when it got to the part about um, the Rebels getting the star, the uh, plans for the Death Star, it kind of it stopped on that part, and then it it flattened out instead of being arched and, and still like kind of that going up into space uh, effect. It is flattened out to where it was um, more of a 2D type uh, print. And then it started to, um, I don't know what you'd call that, but kind of like uh, like when your satellite goes out on your TV, you know, kind of start to get digitized. And, um, and, then it, and then it disappeared. And then the Rogue One Star Wars, a, um, you know, a Star Wars story came up. And I thought, you know, if they did something like that, um, for the crawl, I, I would actually be okay with that. Um, did you guys catch that at all? Uh, I saw that little bit of, of just what you explained, and I mean, I thought it was a cool effect and everything, but having that in the movie is—I I don't really see that being in the in the final film. Yeah, it was neat. It was neat to see, but yeah, I don't—I'd be surprised if they do that exact thing for the opening of the actual movie. I thought it was a good idea, though, and I, I thought they could have saved it something like that, similar for the movie. Um, because I do think there still has to be a crawl. I think, you know, the average fan's going to get confused, you know, is this episode eight or is, you know, what, what's going on here? And again, I, I think most people would get it, but you know, there's going to be those people that just don't understand. Um, but anyways, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, maybe that was a, uh, you know, uh, a smack to everybody's face. that has been talking about the crawl. Um, cause obviously you didn't have to introduce the panel that way, but I, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, all right. So, um, so yeah, Jen Erso, I, again, I, I thought, uh, Felicity Jones, you know, her character Jen Erso, um, looks pretty interesting. Um, you know, gave us some good detail on, on what's going on there. Um, next one we can talk about is, uh, Diego Luna, his character, uh, Captain Cassian. Um, let's see what, uh, what Diego, can you please tell us a little bit about Cassian? Definitely. Um, hi, everyone. Just... <laughs> I just want to say I've been waiting for this night for quite a long time. This is actually what got me into the project, the chance to share this energy. It's fantastic. So, yes, I play Cassian Andor, Captain Cassian Andor. And uh, he, he, he works for the Rebellion, for intelligence. And uh, the team starts being just the two of them. Jane and, and, and Cassian, but as the story continues, the team grows. And like any team, there's frictions, there's issues, and it's Cassian who has to keep them together. And one of the most important members of this team is a droid, an Imperial droid that is reprogrammed by the, by the Rebellion. And his name is K2SO. And he's probably the best friend Cassian has in, in the Rebellion, or the only one. So there you have it. So now we know that K2SO is uh, Cassian's droid or his friend. And uh, I think it'd be interesting to see how, uh, how that came about. Um, because one of the things they talk about is that K2SO was a, uh, a 
previously a droid from the Empire, and you know, I'm curious to see how they, uh, how him and Cassie and hooked up, um, to say. <laughs> but um, so you know, after you guys heard uh, Diego Luna talk about his character Cassie, and you know, any any thoughts on that, Chad? He's the leader. He's the main guy. He's your, I mean, really, Princess Leia. Like, given not in that type of role, but he's he's the one giving the orders. He's the one making sure the mission uh, goes as planned. And as he said, you know, they started off with just him and Jin, uh, and then they add more teammates as they go along. And obviously, he alluded to some issues that are going to arise, and people aren't going to get along. And he's going to have to be the one to to bring that team together. So. Um, he he's going to be your strong leader, and it'll be interesting to see how the droid story is brought in too. Um, and I don't know if you got a, a clip to play from Alan Tudyk talking about that, but that was that that's going to be a cool relationship to explore, um, and then the team as a whole to see how they gel um, and where they kind of finally come together to to complete the mission. Um, well, like what Chad said, you know, he, he mentioned him as kind of like the princess Leia, the leader of the group. Um, the way he made it sound to me, just two notes from just his little comments there that I kind of pulled from it. Uh, you know, number one being, he did mention that he's the glue to the group. You know, he's the kind of guy that's kind of getting that the bridge between everybody and sticking everybody together. And I didn't really get a princess Leia kind of vibe from him. I got more of a little bit of a Han Solo. I know that they've mentioned that um, R2SO is is kind of a Chewbacca in a droid body. So I kind of see him more of like a Han Solo type character, having a friend like Chewbacca in a droid form, uh, but not so much of the smuggler side of it, but just the uh, but uh, a guy, kind of a Han Solo, Poe Dameron type mixed character in there, just the leader of the group, but mixing everybody together. Yes. Uh, but he also has his buddy there to help him out. So it's interesting is, you know, and I, I didn't play the clip and they're more so talking about when they were showing Felicity, her toy of Jenner. So, but she mentioned that it was inspired by Han Solo. You know, she has the, uh, her, uh, uh yeah, gun belt. Um, and again, I don't know if that's more talking about the look or, or how she carries herself, but obviously she has a, it seems like she has a, a type of swagger, you know, um, and then, uh, you know, as far as uh, Cassian, you know, his job is basically he's, you know, um, he works for the rebel and in intelligence. So he, he would seem to be the, the top spy, I guess. Um, and then obviously, yeah, I guess at some point as the team grows, there's going to be friction with, with all the different personalities and he's going to be uh, the peacekeeper per se. So it seems interesting. You know, I don't know, though, with his... Uh, <laughs> That's kind of the, I think that's the first time I've heard him speak, and um, he didn't sound very uh, authoritative. And again, I, you know, who knows when, when you're these actors can do great things. They, they you know, you they they do, you heard Finn talk in real life, right? But just like even just the way this guy carries himself. And again, I'm I'm sorry, Diego. I, I apologize. I'm sorry. Don't don't, say? don't hit me in the face. But. Uh, with his money, in the face with his money. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, I, I think it'll be interesting where they go. Um, yeah. So K two S O. I do have a clip from him. The audio, his microphone sucked. Like at first they gave him one microphone, it didn't work at all, and then they gave him the other microphone, and it, it was almost just as bad. So I'll play his audio. Hopefully it comes through. Um, 
he does he tells a story about uh meeting anthony daniels and a conversation they have he curses i bleeped it out for everybody though so we're still uh you know family friendly here so here we go Cassie reprogrammed him and he did like a data wipe and uh when he reprogrammed him it's not quite all there uh, he speaks his mind and says things that can be unsettling and uh, just very honest. If you know any old people, it's like that. <laughs> and it was great. It was great to play him. Uh, uh, there's amazing droids in the Star Wars universe. Um, and C-3PO. Did you get um, to meet him? Did you get to meet Anthony Daniels? There was um, uh, um, a new... What, what was yours called? Uh, it was, my one was called The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. So good, you should check that. Really good, guys. You've already seen that movie. It's way good. Um, uh, I met him at that party at the opening night, and uh, I said, I'm K2SO, I'm going to be the next droid in a series of droids, I guess. And he said, do you wear a suit, or are you CGI? Oh, I'm CGI. He said, you <laughs> So, So, again, the audio was pretty bad with the microphone he had, but if you couldn't hear it, you know, he, he talks about uh, K2SO um, basically having his memory wiped. Um, I think he said it was Cassian that, that wiped it. Is, it. is that what he said? I don't think he gave the specifics. So he had it wiped, but he's still, you know, the, the character's still, uh, or that droid's still not right, basically. And um, he uh, um, does whatever he wants, basically, is what it sounds like. But then he, t he tells a story about meeting Anthony Daniels, and Anthony Daniels um, asks him if he's in an outfit as a droid or if he's CGI. He says he's CGI and... Uh, Basically, Anthony Daniels calls him a little piece of crap. So, um, but anyways, kind of interesting. Um, and then they also showed a video um, of it was uh, Jen Erso and Cassian and uh, K2SO up on a hill or something. And I, I don't think there was any audio, but they're basically they're talking to him. And then I think it was Jen hands K2SO her bag to hold. And they kind of walk off, and K2SO standing there, and he just drops the bag. So, um, so he uh, seems like he'll definitely be some comic relief in the movie, um, and a different spin on the droids. What was your guys' feelings on that? What, uh, what about you, Bina? I don't know how much you got to catch of that. Um, I, like just like the other characters, I feel like the great part about this being a standalone film is I feel like every character is established with who they are. There's not much, their backstory is already established. They're already talking about their backstory. I feel like in the force awakens, a lot of these characters that are coming in haven't really arrived yet. Um, you know, Finn's, you know, Finn's going through the journey of defecting from the first order. And, you know, the only character that's really established of who he is as a person is Poe Dameron. I felt Kylo Ren is still on that journey and Ray is on that journey and Finn is on that journey, which is great for the saga films because you get to see them go through that story. But I think it's just enjoyable as a standalone film to see these characters that are already established on who they are and what their purpose is as a standalone film. Chadwick? 
Um, yeah, no, he's fun. I think it's going to be cool if his attitude is very, you know, like he said, I'm not going to carry your bag. You know, Alan Tudyk even said after that, he commented on that. She handed him his bag. He's just like, no, I don't, I don't do that. So he's not your C-3PO as Master Luke or, you know, any of that. It's, it's, I'm, I'm along for the ride. And obviously I'm assuming he'll have some battles, um, but he's Cassian's buddy and, you know, like he said, he's going to say some uh, things that are, what was the adjective he used? Oh, yeah, and he uh, said, uh, he said it's like old people, <laughs> how old people just say, what, say whatever yeah, they, they want. they just say yeah, what they yeah. think. And Alan, so, yeah, Alan Tudyk's a great cool. actor. I've fun. seen him on, on a few different things. That guy is freaking funny. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Firefly, uh, come on now. Dies. Yeah, and Serenity. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah I, I actually just saw it like that? two weeks ago for the first time. I I apologize. Yeah. Welcome to Nerdum. So. All right. Um, so moving right along. Um, next, we'll talk about uh, Bodhi. Um, and, uh, you know, Bodhi is played by Riz Ahmed. Um, so we'll learn a little bit about his character um, through his interview here. Riz, I have noticed in photos of your character... Um, Bodhi, he's wearing an imperial patch. So what's going on there? Yeah, well, um, I, can, I can talk about this, can't I? A little bit? Yeah. Just a little, little yeah. Um, well, um, you know, Bodhi, that's Bodhi, Bodhi is a pilot, and um, he works for the Empire, you know, to earn a living. And... Like, you know, people work at big organizations. They don't agree with everything they do. Um, Take that, Disney. It's maybe... You don't have to get judging. It's maybe, it's, maybe questioning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of questioning things. And the, the planet that he is, the city that he is from is actually an occupied planet. And uh, it's the actions of the Empire and the stuff that he's forced to be involved with over there that kind of makes him question his um, his career counselor. So um, so there you have it. That's Bodhi. He, um, he's uh, a pilot. Um, you know, before I jump into it, what, uh, what say you, Chad? Yeah, he's, he's the, the typical, he's working for the Empire still, and he doesn't feel like he agrees with everything that they're doing. Um, I've been reading a lot of the Star Wars books lately, and that's a theme in quite a few of the books, uh, following some of the Imperials, that they see things that they just don't like. And so it'll be interesting to see his story of, of what it is that turns him off uh, to what the Empire is doing and wh- how exactly he becomes involved with the Rebellion and helping them. Obviously he's going to have, I would assume, some inside knowledge into some of the Imperial way they do things. Um, and maybe even the Death Star itself or the where they're going to go to get the plans and to see how he's involved in that should be fun. Pina? Um, just uh, just what he said, he's a, he's a pilot for hire. Um, obviously, the reason that he is um, doing that job for the Emperor is because he's from that occupied state. Um, so... You know, potential for the character from what I see of what I've heard from the um, from the interview here. Um, obviously, there, he he wouldn't be doing that for the 
empire if he didn't care about uh, his home planet. So maybe his um, his love and his, I guess, his passion for his home world um, may mess with his emotions and mess with his decision making uh, later on when he's with the team, you know, with that occupied planet hanging over his head. Do we assume that the only reason he's working for the Empire is because this planet has been occupied? To where it's either do that or you're going to die. So I don't know if... I, that's the way I look at it as... Not that they are like... He's like, ooh, I can get money if I would do this for these guys and I'm kind of doing it for hire. But it's... The Empire now controls your planet. You're a good pilot. You work for us now. If you don't, either you or people you love are going to suffer for it. So he does it. Yeah, with the, you know, it's an occupation. So generally in an occupation, you're... You know, even if you think you're working for yourself, you're working for who's ever occupying you. And so, the way uh, the Empire operates, I mean, again, reading the books and it's fresh on my mind, when these worlds are taken over, literally if you don't do what they tell you to do, you are treated very harshly. And even if you do do what they tell you to do, they still may treat you harshly and you're just supposed to live with it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see where his character goes. You know, I'm interested to see, since I said it's a pilot, you know, we're going to see him uh, up in some type of vehicle uh, shooting down some some of the new TIE fighters, the new old TIE fighters. Um, all right, so uh, Forrest Whitaker's up. Saw Guerrera um, from the Clone Wars. We've learned a lot about your character's deeper connection in the Star Wars galaxy. How does he connect to this band of misfits? I think we can definitely call them misfits. Good to see you all. Sagarero is a is a rebel fighter. He's been fighting for years against the Imperial occupation. Uh, he's a guerrilla fighter. He is uh, he has been uh, controlling a group of, of rebels that are out to the extreme. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the, that there's a, a series of different rebel groups coming together as an alliance, and all of these people are different parts of that. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm uh, leading my group, uh, which 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 by any means necessary will do what he needs to do in order to save the world. He was trained as a guerrilla fighter, and then he was trained um, by the Jedi as well. And Saw was originally revealed as an animated character, a character that originated with George Lucas. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, when Gareth introduced me to the character, uh, I, I was amazed. I went back and started to look and see the series of Clone Wars and really understand what was going on with that. So that's how I was introduced and, and uh, it's been integrated in working with Jen and everyone too. So uh, Chad, I know you um, you know more about Saw than I think probably uh, Brian or I do. Um, you know, I think you saw the Clone Wars. Um, so, you know, he had some interesting comments here, but I'm interested to hear your take on it. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I wish I knew more than I do. Um, I haven't, like I said, with the Clone Wars last week, we I'd seen bits and pieces here and there. 
um, but not necessarily everything. So some of his stuff, I do remember him being in there. To me, it sounded like he wasn't really sure who he was when he was talking. I mean, he did, but there wasn't. He didn't really give us a whole lot of backstory to him, other than he's a guerrilla fighter. He, he's been fighting against the occupation since the Clone Wars, obviously. So he's in the twilight of his years, you would assume, during this movie. Um, and then he mentioned that he was trained by the Jedi as well, which I wonder, I don't know if he was actually trained by them or if he just fought alongside of them. Um, I, I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah, I, I don't, For to me, I didn't feel like I got a lot from that, personally. Vietnam, you familiar with Yeah, I, I have to agree with Chad here where I just feel that he is reiterating um, just stuff that we've already heard in news articles and blog posts and everything else that is just giving us the same information. I don't think we... Well, I think he did, um, you know, one thing he did say is, is though, that uh, he kind of gives you a picture of what the rebellion's like um, as far as, uh, you know, the rebels coming together. Because you kind of always wonder, you know, like when you see A New Hope and you have the rebels, um, you know, how all that kind of came together, um, especially after seeing, like, Revenge of the Sith and, you know, seeing the, the destruction of the Republic. Um so, you know, he kind of mentions in there, though, that there's there's different bands of rebels, right? And he says he kind of has his group. And um, so you would assume there's different factions of rebels. And, um, you know, I think in, in this movie, we're going to see how they were all pulled together to be one rebel alliance, um, which is something that, you know, I, I thought that was interesting. That's something that I brought out, what, what he said, because he did say, you know, yeah. there's different yeah. uh, different groups of rebels. Um, I'm not very familiar with the character uh, myself, though. I wonder if they'll play. I'm sorry. I wonder if they'll play a little bit into because when the Clone Wars is happening, it's the Galactic Republic against the Separatists, and so he, I mean, assumedly he sat through fighting against the Separatists, winning, and then seeing who he was fighting with turn into the bad guys. Um, you know, once Palpatine took over and now all these clone troopers are now on that side and, and becoming the Empire. So I wonder if that will be mentioned or if that'll be part of his, you know, like seeing the good guys become the bad guys and how that influenced who he is now. Um, I think that he mentioned doing anything, everything that it takes to get the job done. Um, he's a little bit of an extremist, so he he kind of goes past ethical boundaries to make sure that his cause is, yeah, gets it done, whether he thinks it's right or wrong for him. I guess it's all for the greater good in his mind. And then what you mentioned about the different factions, obviously, you know, it takes one giant threat bigger than the Empire to kind of bring everybody together. And I kind of feel like that sets the stage for the Death Star coming into play because that's the big giant thing that brings all these rebel factions together to take this thing down. And obviously Saw Guerrero is going to be the first guy that they turn to. Obviously a man that's going to do whatever it takes to get the job done is a man that's going to be able to take down the Death Star. All right, good. Right on. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's jump to, um, this is going to be Gareth talking a little bit about uh, the planet Jetta and, um, and then uh, we'll also hear in the same clip, um, 
Donnie Yen, talk a little bit about his character. And then um, we're going to – so so the big guy that, that did a, a spoiler, um, possible spoiler, was Jang Wen, um, who plays Baze. Um, we're going to cut it off there because, like I said, I want to say that at the end just in case, you know, it, it was a true spoiler. Um, and we'll circle back to him. But we'll hear from these other two. Um, we'll hear from Garrett talking a little bit about the planet uh, Jeddah. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And then um, Donnie Yen talking about his character, Chira. Jeddah's, I guess the easiest way to explain it is obviously our film takes place in a time where there are allegedly no Jedi remaining. And, and, but people still believe in the Force and they still have that, that spirituality. And essentially Jeddah's like, I guess, like the Mecca of Star Wars in that people go on pilgrimages. And, and, and the problem is right now is when the story begins is the, there is an occupied territory by the Empire and we get sucked into a, story that involves these wonderful people mm. to the side here. And two of the most important characters we meet in Jeddah are Chirrut and Baze. Um, they become crucial to the team and are played by Donnie Yen and Jiang Wen. <laughs> Donnie, what can you tell us about Chirrut? Uh, I just want to say hi, everybody. I'm Donnie. May the force be with you. I play a blind warrior uh, who lives in uh, the planet Jeddah. I can't see, but I can feel with my heart uh, and believe in the spiritual of the force. And uh, obviously, me and Jiang Wen is we are the baddest fighter from Jeddah, and uh, me and uh, Jan. His character base, we are very good friends. Mm -hmm. And that's about the story I'm about to tell, right? That's it. You don't, I no, can't you, say too much, you, right? You, you, it's not the Yeah. So real quick from Chirat, now we know how to pronounce his name, uh, the character's name, Chirat. But um, you know, an interesting on what Gareth said about the planet uh Jetta. It's a um he calls it a Mecca for um for people to come to. And um, did, did you guys did you guys read anything about the planet at all, Chad or, or Brian? I didn't. Yeah, I haven't read anything. I, I thought I read an article, and I could be wrong. We'll have to circle back to this. And I, I was trying to pull it up while while we were playing the interview there, but um, that it's uh you know it's a very spiritual planet, um, almost to the point of where you know like, I mean, to me, it seems like they would all be aware of the Jedi, the way that the planet um, was described. So we'll have to come back to that on another podcast, do some research on some of the planets that they talk about. Um, but Jeddah um, seems to be a, a very interesting planet. Um, but Chira um, and Baze live on the planet. And, um, you know, thoughts on, on Chira, Bina? Um, like you said, he's a great warrior. I know that they mentioned that there's not going to be any Jedi in this movie, so seeing somebody who has a connection with the Force is very Star Wars-y. Um, so it's exciting to see how he uses the his heart or his connection with the Force to bring some bring a cool element to the table. Um, so I'm excited to see how he is. Obviously, it kind of seems like the the battle is taking place in his. Um, homeland, so you know it's cool to see how they get swooped up and um, 
kind of jump in and, and are there during during this conflict. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, I think he'll be fun to watch. With obviously he's got that bow staff, and it seems like he's going to do a lot of similar things that you would do with a lightsaber if you had one. Um, so I think his action scenes and obviously probably his talk of the force are going to be the most fun things to watch. Yeah, I think it's cool that he's blind and, and has some force abilities. You know, um, I'm glad they're going to have somebody in the movie with a for, with force abilities because, you know, a Star Wars movie just isn't a Star Wars movie without something about the force. Um, I understand it's a war picture and I get that and I'm all for that, but, um, you know, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the stories about the force and the mysticism uh, around that. So, um, so that was our cheer up. So we're going to come back to base. Like I said, we'll save them for the end, but um, I think we have two left. We got um, Mads Mickelson who plays um, Jen Urso's uh, father, Galen Urso. I think I said that right. Um, so let's hear from, him. My character is a person of interest. A lot of things are revolving around him. Uh, so it would be like a, a kind of a big spoiler to say too much, but can I say that he's a, um, he's a scientist? And he at one point invented something so beautiful, so fantastic that it might change the universe. That's all I can say. And then I can say, I mean a Star Wars film. So what what did he uh, what did he build? What do you guys think? Um, obviously a monkey could probably <laughs> tell you that it's something to do with the Death Star and uh -huh. a weapon of mass destruction. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Chad? Uh, yeah, I think it probably has something to do with the technology that is used to build that giant laser. I don't think it's necessarily the Death Star itself, but those kyber crystals or whatever it is that's powering that giant laser he had something to do with that yeah from what i heard you know the a lot of the movie well i don't know a lot of the movie but they're searching for him in the movie um i think it was both sides i thought i heard were, were searching for him so you know i don't know if he's the one with the plans for the death star or if he just you know he knows that um how to destroy it with the exhaust port or you know, I, I don't know what it is, but um, obviously he plays a major role um, in the movie. So, and he's uh, he's a pretty good actor. So I'm glad he's in the movie. I think they made a good choice for that character. So Ben Mendelsohn, director Krennic. Um, here you go. Okay, so I've got to ask you. I think we want to know a little bit about director Krennic, don't we? Yeah. Ben, what can you tell Ben? Ben, it's here oh, for you. Oh, my bad. Do you um, want to? Yes, that's quite correct. Um, <laughs> so I've heard that Krennic is a different kind of imperial villain. Right. Yes, he is. He's an Australian kind. Ah. <laughs> uh, we do villainy very well. He is smarter, I think, than most of the, uh, the most of his predecessors. Uh, he's more inventive. He's perhaps a little sexier than some of them. <laughs> Not quite as sexy as some of the others. 
Oh, darling. <laughs> darling, thanks. <laughs> that's all I've got. Okay. okay. So, so that's all you got from Krennic. Um, he, he thinks uh, he's much sexier than Tarkin, which which I think I would have to agree. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> um, so again, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what he's all about. I think it's more about the political struggle, struggle between him and Vader and, and um, him trying to get into the good graces of the Emperor. Um, you guys got any other information on uh, Director Krennic? It'll be interesting to see his and uh, Vader's interaction, which hopefully we get some of that. Yeah, I'm just interested to see his interaction with Vader to see if um, if he kind of blows Vader off like a lot of the other ones have in the past or if he shows him some respect or how that dynamic is. Um, and obviously we all know that, you know, from General Hux to Grand Moff Tarkin to uh, so many different Imperial officers that they do whatever they can to kind of kiss up to the Emperor. So uh, obviously he has his own agenda to um, further his um, career in the Imperial world. All right, so um, let's. Uh, I still want to save the last one for the end. Um, we'll talk about two other, couple other things here. Um, one was they showed um, they showed a um, they kept calling it a sizzle on the panel, but it was a uh, celebration reel of uh, Rogue One. Basically, it was kind of like a behind the scenes look. Um, not not much out of that, um, you know. And, I would play the audio for you, but there wasn't really much audio there to glean anything from other than you know, at the very end of it, you hear um, Felicity Jones say, you know, may the force be with us um, or something to that effect. But, um, you know, there was one interesting shot I, I saw on there and it was uh, Jen Erso and Cassian uh, running while being uh, shot at. They're under fire. And Jen Erso is carrying a um, a box. Data bank. It, yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. And it had uh, some silver-looking discs almost on the on the outside of it. And so, you know, obviously, I, I, you wonder if that's the plans for the Death Star. Um, you know, and I think uh, in A New Hope, I, I can't remember one of the, uh, and I wish I knew his name, but one of the... Um, uh, soldiers you know talk you know are kind of arguing with vader and says well they have the the tapes to the uh, death star the secret plans and he calls them the tapes so anything anyway did you guys see any of that that reel uh, i watched the reel when they first revealed it yeah do you anything you picked up out of it um not so much spoilery that i that i picked up out of it but more for the fact that um it really got me excited i'm glad that they called it a sizzle because it really sizzled my <laughs> enthusiasm for this movie um but just like like you said that clip of them running not for the fact of spoilers and her carrying some sort of bag but for me it just kind of brought some excitement to me. It's just so real. I feel that, that these sets were so real and they're bringing us to real places. And I just feel like it's going to bring a lot of heart and soul into this movie. And you're going to care about these characters and you're going to care about their sacrifice and, and their efforts to do it. And you're going to rally behind them. You're really going to hate the empire. So it really just brings everything, a lot of realism to the star Wars universe. Um, and then another thing is just seeing these different characters. They're just beat up. They're just, it's kind of a ragtag team of people. 
I felt, you know, just, you know, to rant a little bit here, we are in Star Wars rant, but, you know, I just felt like a lot of the characters in the prequels looking back now, kind of having a new taste of new movies and new characters, uh, were so cookie cutter. You know, it was either you're a part of the Jedi Order or you're a political leader or you're an officer of some sort. And it was really, you know, they really didn't have a lot of characters that were kind of unique to themselves and were kind of, you know, kind of a random group of individuals that they had in the original trilogies. You had your Orlandos, you had your Han Solo, so many memorable characters, so unique to themselves. And then even in The Force Awakens, they kind of got back to that, uh, where you have the, you know, the Finns and the Rays, you know, these characters that aren't really just kind of cookie cutter characters. They're kind of just random characters brought from these different circumstances that come together for a common goal. And I feel like we're back to that where it's a lot of uniqueness, a lot of unique characters that you can stand behind and, and be memorable uh, Star Wars characters that you can stand behind for years to come. Chad? Uh, yeah, I'm excited too. Um, seeing just kind of how they do some of the things that they did with the explosions, um, even the rain when she's kind of on her on her forearms in the rain and they blow that burst of air and water in her face was kind of cool to see that. Um, but yeah, I'm, it makes me excited to see this movie for sure. Yeah, no, it looks good. I, you know, it looks, uh, kind of follows the force awakens. It looks very, you know, uh, practical effects, which is, which is great. Um, I thought, uh, you know, your statement about uh, the characters, um, it's kind of interesting. I never really thought about that, but yeah, I mean, I guess this is almost a movie about, the people in the universe, right? And the struggle that they're going through. We're going to see occupations. We're going to see people, I would think, you know, um, getting brutalized in the streets or abused in the streets. And um, so, yeah, it, uh, I think you'll get a, a bigger feel for what the empire really is all about. And then you'll get to kind of see the struggles that the people of the galaxy go through in, in the Star Wars universe. So, so very cool. Um, some good insight there. Now they were saying that um, there was going to be a teaser out and uh, a teaser did come out um well this reel came out if you were at star wars celebration you actually got to see the real teaser um those of us that watched it online did not get to see that and i am a little miffed about something else um you know all the reports i was seeing was that on abc tonight um on the special force awakens uh you know secret to the to the journey or whatever it was called Secret um, to the there's going to be the trailer um, on that, and it wasn't. It was the reel that they showed um, from Celebration. So I was, I was pretty disappointed um, by that. But they did show the, um, like I said, the crowd there, a the new trailer. Um, obviously, it's not online, and you can't find it anywhere. Um, at least I haven't been able to find it anywhere. But I will tell you what it's what it is. Um, the trailer. Is, it, like there's a now, picture. I thought I saw one picture, but uh, I haven't found any. Did you find stills of it? Yeah, I did. I didn't like save them or find, but I saw them. Oh, so if we put them all together, print them out. It's like super slow. It's like super short. It's like all it is yeah. is a still. From okay. What I understand. Well, the description of the trailer says uh, the trailer starts with a young Urso running. An overture from an older Urso says, there's not much time. Every day we grow weaker. While the day grows grimmer, we still have a chance to make a real difference. Um, And then uh, throughout the narration, there's battle scenes, new locations show um, an X-wing flying through a forested planet. 
new aliens are seen along with death, death troopers and the Death Star. Um, you see shots of handcuffed rebels being walked through the streets. There's also a shot of the film's villain, um, director Orson Krennic, along with death troopers by his side. Um, it says the trailer ends with the sound of Darth Vader's ominous breathing. And um, that's basically it. You don't get a clean shot of him, I guess. You see a reflection of him on the floor. Okay, so what I, I misunderstood what you were saying. Um, what I was referring to was the still of Vader standing by two soldiers or two stormtroopers. Okay. I think I, I, I did see that still, okay. but it, I wasn't sure. Maybe it's because of what they're saying. It's not a clear shot. It's a reflection. I, I couldn't tell if that was uh, from Rogue One or not because it looked kind of old. But um, but anyways, I would assume we'll see that pretty soon online. Um, so lastly is the big spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear that, then um, thanks for listening. <laughs> mm. uh, but if you want to hear that, and again, you know, this uh, – Nothing's been confirmed, but um, you know, in my mind, this was a uh, this was pretty bad, um, and I actually felt really bad for the guy that plays Bay's uh, Jang Wen. Um, so before we play it, did you guys get to hear it at all? I did. I did as well, so I'm kind of okay. feeling bad as well for the guy. So um, we're gonna play it. And, uh, and then I'll explain it in case you couldn't hear it. So here we go. This is um, uh, Jing Wing, Jing Wen, um, talking about uh, Chai Ruts, Chi Ruts, uh, that character. So here we go. And when this guy dead, I do something better. I think you've got to leave it there. Anyway, I have a gun. And All right, so um, the audio is really bad. He had a crappy microphone. But he says, when this guy's dead, pointing to Chirrut, um, that he does something better. Um, and then, so and basically he's saying that Chirrut's going to die in the movie. Um, and you could see, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the reaction on, uh, Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen's face. And then also Alan, uh, Trudick. I mean, you could just tell they're like, Oh, you know what I mean? And, uh, so I don't think it was, I think it meant exactly what he said it meant. Um, and, uh, man, that, that was pretty uncomfortable. So what, did you guys... I mean, do you guys think he meant what he said? Do you think that was uh, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, he totally he totally blew it. He let it slip, and they tried to cover it up. And he even you know tried to play it off. The, I my English not good. I'm from Beijing, and you know things are tough. And I have a gun. I have a huge gun. Yeah, a huge gun. lots of weapons. But yeah, yeah, he, he totally like Christy kind of shut him down. Yeah, but... leave it yeah, alone. She was, yeah, she's like, oh, I think I just stop. Just, <laughs> just stop. leave it there. Yes, leave I have a huge there. gun. I have a huge gun. Uh-huh. You know what's crazy is like all the way through the panel, they're all before they say anything, they're always like going looking down to Gareth and Kathleen, you know, and saying, "Can I say this? Can I say this?" <laughs> not, uh, not Yang. He you doesn't know, he understand just, uh, English. As he said. No, he just uh, you know throws it out there. When he died, I get big gun, do big things. <laughs> so, uh, poor guy. You got to feel bad for him. But, 
you know, does that does that ruin anything for you guys? Uh, obviously, you know that these characters are. We knew some of them were going to die. That was an expectation. So whether it's him or somebody else, it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm the same. I figured some will die. Obviously, we aren't going to hear about any of these characters past this movie. Um, otherwise, we would have in movie form anyway. So, you know, I don't know. Do you? I don't know. Why do we feel bad for him? We feel embarrassed for him because he's embarrassed, or I don't feel bad for him. He was he messed up. He slipped up, and man, he's in trouble. <laughs> he's gonna do- get docked and pay. He's gonna lose a half percent off the front end, and then a half percent <laughs> off the back end. So but you don't feel bad for him, Not poor really. guy. You know, you 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 know what you can say. You've signed your your contractually yeah, he obligated. He should have known better. He should have yeah, known better. So he I don't just feel probably bad gets, for him. gets a maybe little he chunk got, of chain off his paycheck. Maybe he got caught up in the moment, though. He'll be you know fine. what I mean? He'll be fine. I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for him, Chad. Well, I think we should. I think we should start Patreon. Yeah. Or what's that? What's yeah. that thing called? GoFundMe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Make up the difference on what he's going to lose. Sure. And uh, yeah, well. So that's your uh, at your Rogue One uh, panel from Star Wars Celebration. Did we miss anything? Anything that you guys wanted to talk about from that panel? No, nah, I think we covered about everything. Yep. Chad. Nope. All right. So, um, so you know, Rogue One's looking really good. Um, they screwed us on the uh, trailer, so appreciate that. Um, but uh, <laughs> but overall, I mean, I think it's a great panel. I think the cast is great. Um, I really am looking forward to the movie. I think it's going to be really good. Um, so can't wait for December. Now, Mark Hamill spoke again. I, um, in one of his sessions, I watched some of it. I didn't get to watch, um, watch all of it. I, I will go back and, and watch some of it. Um, Chad, I think you got to watch it. Was there anything groundbreaking in his panel? Not really. He, a lot of people just asked him, you know, your favorite character, your favorite moment. Um, he did say episode eight is going to make us forget the line. May the force be with you. Like, it's going to be so awesome. Things are going to happen in Episode 8. You're just going to forget that line. So I don't know what that implies. Um, obviously, that's a big moment. You know, those are big moments when when uh, Obi-Wan says that to, to Luke for the first time. But he's saying that we'll, we'll forget all about that. So I don't know what that meant. Um, he didn't say anything about Rogue One other than he's excited for it. Um, he's If he really is who he is on that stage... He seems like a guy that you just want to hang out with. He's just, he's like your dad, like your older dad, not quite your, like your kid's grandpa. And he's like a fun uncle. Yeah. But an older one, like he, he tells jokes that are from a generation before, you know, Brian and I. Yeah. They're pretty cheesy. Like he mentions Cecil, Beanie and Cecil, which is an old TV show. He talks about the honeymooners, um, things that kids don't have any clue what they are. But he's laughing about it. He's having a good time. Um, he's super nice to everybody that asks questions. And like I said, he just seems like a really cool guy to be around. Yeah, he's really down there. I saw one video of him taking pictures with people, and it was just like anybody wanted a picture, he was taking a picture with. You know? Yeah. Um, so pretty cool. You could tell uh, he's, he's a genuinely uh, a nice person, which is, which is refreshing. Yeah, but for Star it's Wars stuff, it was just about his – you know, involvement and what his favorite points were and things like that. He didn't talk about Rogue One or really Episode Eight much at all. Yeah, and then like Brian was saying, for those that don't know, um, Mark Hamill also voices the Joker. Um, yeah. What 
Does he do it for animated for series? Thing? He did it for animated series. He did it for uh, the Arkham Asylum or the Arkham version games, um, except for Origin. And then he's doing the Killing Joke, uh, which is coming out in a week, I believe, for one night in theaters. Yeah, so you're gonna check that out, Chad. I am. Very good. All right. Um, and then uh, you know the other one of the other panels was ILM uh, archaeology. Some pretty cool stuff. We're not gonna go into it, but you know some of the costumes and and set designs and things like that. I mean, if, if you're into that stuff, really interesting. I, you know, I was kind of getting ready for work when that was on, but I, I would check that out. That you could probably find that on YouTube somewhere, StarWars.com. Um, there was a panel with uh, Ahsoka. They, you know, they were talking about the uh, the novel, I think, and the um, some of the Rebels um, uh, episodes with her in it. Um, did you get to watch that, Chad? I did. Um, they had uh, what the, John Finoy, Filoni, basically the the creator of Ahsoka, the character. And they walked through a lot of his drawings um, and some stories that were never told, but plans that he had um, with Ahsoka. They showed her as a little kid and Plo Koon, Plo Koon finding her on her planet um, and you know bringing her as like a very young girl to the Jedi Temple. And these are all his drawings that he has. He had like five different storylines that they just never explored, but they were there. And they're part of her history. And so they had her there, Ashley Eccleston, I think is her last name. Um, but she was on the panel as well. And he basically was telling her these are some of the historical things that you would have done. And then, yeah, they walked through, spoiler for the end of Rebel, Rebel Season 2, um, but they walked through her, you know, fighting Maul. Um, they even possibly were going to have her fight Palpatine at one point. Um, but that never, that didn't, they didn't take that direction. Um, and then they talked about her fighting Vader at the end of season two and realizing that it is Anakin, even though she didn't want to believe it, she actually cracks his mask and sees him. And then he actually talked about that James Earl Jones and the guy that plays, you know, uh, Vader on the Rebels show, those voice actors said a line together. The first time James Earl Jones' voice was louder. The second time, the other guy's voice was louder. And then the third time, it was just the other guy only, kind of signifying, you know, who that Anakin's still there. Now, we know he can't be brought back before Luke. Like, that can't happen. But he's there. And for Ahsoka to, to know that and still... You know, the, the thing he sa- says when it's just Anakin speaking is, you're going to die. Like, I'm going to kill you, he says to his old Padawan. Um, and then the way it ends, there's a question out there as if Ahsoka's alive, if she made it. Um, a lot of things happen at the end of that episode, and um, it's unclear. And he was very unclear. Like, that was a big point for her. She's like, he's got she's still got to be alive. And he's like, I don't know, question mark. He, alive, question mark? Um, and then they showed the, the novel that's coming out that I'm definitely going to want to read with Ahsoka. Um, and then they showed a pop figure that is exclusive to Hot Topic coming out this fall uh, for Ahsoka. So really cool stuff. Cool. Yeah, I, I did catch that that uh, conversation about uh, the Anakin Vader um, yeah. part of it. Pretty cool. Um, Brian North's favorite character, Anakin Skywalker. Brian died. Brian died? 
Excuse me. I don't know. Who died? Nobody. Oh. Um. All right, and then uh, I mean I think that was it. Oh, they talked. Um. No, that was it. So next or tomorrow they're talking about uh, Rebels season three. I think has a, a panel. Um. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure on the other ones. We'll have to check it out. StarWars.com has all the schedule. Just remember, you know, it's in London, so uh, pay attention to the time zones. I think they start like at four in the morning in Central Time. Yeah, there's, morning, yeah, there's six Eastern. hours ahead of us. Yeah, so um, Central Time. So the good news is a lot of the stuff they post online afterwards, so you can dig it out or or just listen to us. We'll talk about it too. Um, Star Wars Rant Podcast. We appreciate appreciate you listening. Um, and then uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at Star Wars Rant. Um, you know, we're posting or posting tweets all the time. And then also, um, we have a voicemail. It's uh, 402-327-1138, 402-327-1138. So if you want, you could call and leave us a voicemail, um, anything Star Wars related or just have a question or a comment or or whatever. Um, you know, we'll, we'll use that voicemail probably for contests and things like that down the road. But for now... You know, well, we just want to throw it out there, 402-327-1138. If you want to leave us a comment, if you like it, or it's a question, we'll play it on the uh, podcast and answer it for you. Um, but really appreciate you taking the time to listen. It's our third episode. Um, we're all pretty excited about this podcast. Um, you know, Star Wars is a big universe. There's new stuff coming out all the time. We love talking about it. Um and uh you know so we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to listen to us so chad and brian appreciate you guys being here today everyone have a great uh star wars celebration weekend